0: Welcome to another edition of Focus on the Kingdom. This is Anthony Buzzard inviting you again to search the scriptures with us as we continue to investigate Jesus' favorite topic, the gospel about the kingdom of God. I am more than ever encouraged to bring before you the enormously important fact that Jesus was the preacher of the gospel, the first and original preacher of the gospel and he called it always the gospel about the kingdom of God. Many seem to have been led to think that Paul was the originator of the gospel. Now that is fundamentally untrue to the New Testament. Jesus was the one who initiated and inaugurated the preaching of the gospel of the kingdom. He came into Galilee, we read in Mark chapter 1, verses 14 and 15, and began to announce a message of supreme importance to the people. That same message is the Christian gospel to this very day. Jesus said to the people then, as he says to us now, Repent, because the kingdom of God is at hand. And he called that then the gospel of God. Mark records that Jesus came into Galilee, initiating his ministry, and saying that the time is fulfilled, the kingdom of God is at hand. Repent, that's to say, turn, run, reorientate your life in a brand new direction, Take on a new horizon for your whole being and dedicate yourself to this message, the message which came from the lips of Jesus the Messiah Himself, the gospel of God, or the gospel about the kingdom of God. That is to say, the divine message which proceeds from God Himself through His Son, the Messiah, His agent, who we Christians, of course, believe to have been Jesus of Nazareth. Let me add in passing that the difference between a Christian and somebody who adheres to Judaism, is that the Christians have accepted the fact that Jesus' his claims to be the Messiah are true. We believe, of course, that Jesus was the one promised by the Hebrew Bible, the Old Testament, promised, in fact, from the very beginning, from Genesis itself, as the one who would come to liberate man from his sins, and to restore man to the ideal of kingship and immortality, It was designed for him in the first place. Remember, of course, that Adam and Eve sold out to the devil. They voted for the devil. They chose to have the devil as their leader rather than God. Now, this, of course, was the supreme tragedy for mankind, and it's not at all an unreasonable explanation for the chaos that we now see the world in. Do you realize that within the last 30 years, some of the most cherished values, Christian values, have been completely overthrown? I hardly need to remind you that the divorce rate since the beginning of this century has increased on a vast scale. Do I have to remind you that sexual behavior, standards for proper Christian sexual behavior, have been completely abandoned even in so-called Christian circles? In fact, ordination into positions of leadership in the church has been granted now to people who are practicing sexual behavior that would have been condemned as absolutely unbiblical 30 years ago and long before that, of course, also. Now, this points to a revolution in thinking. The Bible, in fact, is being abandoned on all sides. The standards which have been accepted as biblical for many, many years, for millennia, in fact, are now being set aside as useless and out of touch with modern man. Now, the wisdom of modern man may be called into question at this point. Once we abandon the revelation that God has given us in his word, We are cast adrift on a sea of chaos and that chaos we are now witnessing on a massive scale. Now the antidote to all of this we believe is for individuals to get back to the gospel as Jesus preached it and that gospel is called the gospel about the kingdom of God. Now what you may say is the kingdom of God that's not a difficult question to answer at all. The kingdom of God was a well-known phrase to Jesus and his contemporaries When he came announcing that the time was fulfilled, that the kingdom was soon coming, it was not a nebulous and fuzzy idea in the minds of those who listened to Jesus. Absolutely to the contrary. The kingdom of God was the very heart of the Jewish religion. They were looking forward to a Jewish empire, to a restored Davidic throne, to a time when the Messiah would rule in Jerusalem and conditions would be restored to an Edenic paradise that the earth would prosper, that there would be an era of unparalleled prosperity and peace, and even the lion and the lamb would lie down together, the nations would beat their swords into plowshares, their weapons of war into farm implements, and there would be unparalleled peace stretching across the globe. Now those conditions have obviously not happened. There are massive numbers of wars going on in the world as I speak to you today. The time has not come when the nations are streaming up to Jerusalem to learn God's ways en masse, as Isaiah 2 and Micah 4 predict with complete clarity. And so you see, Jesus was looking forward to that time of the kingdom of God being established on the earth. That was the messianic hope. That was the very center of all the hopes and dreams and ambitions of the people whom Jesus addressed, his Jewish compatriots. Now, that kingdom gospel, I hasten to add, was not just given to some Jews 2,000 years ago and then radically altered for the Gentiles. No, on the contrary, the kingdom, as the gospel, was preached quite consistently by Jesus, first of all, and then throughout the book of Acts by Paul and the other apostles. Let me just point to those verses which can demonstrate that for you beyond any kind of doubt. We begin at the beginning of Mark, With the famous verse that we keep alluding to, namely Mark 1, verses 14 and 15. And there we read that Jesus came into Galilee to initiate his ministry, and his announcement was this The time is fulfilled, the kingdom of God is at hand, repent and believe in the gospel about the kingdom. That's where Christianity begins. It begins by grasping the idea, not only that Jesus is the promised Messiah, the king of Israel, but also that he came with a saving message, namely the message or gospel, good news about the kingdom of God. That kingdom of God is simply a state of affairs to be realized here on the earth when Jesus returns in power and glory, and he is in fact inviting you to become a king in that kingdom. To possess the kingdom, to inherit the kingdom, means to become a member of the ruling aristocracy in that future world empire promised by Jesus. That's why Jesus encouraged his followers to pray always as the first priority, Thy kingdom come. That's to say, let God establish his kingdom upon this earth. Let him send the Messiah here to rule as king on the throne of David. Now that is a simple explanation of the gospel of the kingdom. The gospel or announcement of the kingdom is like an invitation. We may say that the gospel is as to the kingdom as an invitation is to a great celebration in the future. Or, by another parable, we could say that the gospel is like the beginning of the race for the gold medal. At the beginning of the race, you become a Christian. You are attracted by the gold medal, the objective put before you, and that objective is to take part as a co-ruler of, a co-regent with Messiah in the coming kingdom of God on the earth. If you take that as a basic thesis and begin to read the New Testament with that in mind, you will find that page after page, verse after verse, makes perfect sense. Jesus is indeed the promised king of Israel, and he's recruiting followers in order to train them so that they can have a part with him in the great restoration of the kingdom of God on the earth, which he plans to establish when he comes back from heaven in power and glory, at the second coming. Let's now look at a particular passage of Scripture which illustrates this principle of the kingdom so well. I'm reading now from Luke chapter 19 and verses 11 and onwards. In this passage of Scripture, Jesus gave a quite remarkable parable. You read in Luke 19 verse 11 that while they were listening to these things, and that was the story of uh, Zacchaeus and how he had repented, While they were listening to these things, Jesus went on to tell a parable because he was near Jerusalem, and they supposed that the kingdom of God was going to appear immediately. Now that gives us a marvelous clue as to the nature of the kingdom of God. You notice that Jesus was near to Jerusalem, and this caused his audience to suppose that the kingdom of God was going to be revealed immediately. That the Davidic messianic kingdom, that is, that the Jews were expecting, was going to be established in Jerusalem, because Jesus was standing close to the city, that it was going to be established immediately at that time. And so Jesus told them the following story. He said that a certain nobleman went to a distant country to receive a kingdom for himself, and then to return. Now, with those words, Jesus let the audience know that the time for the kingdom was not to be immediately. He referred to himself clearly under the expression nobleman and said that he had to go to a far country to receive a kingdom and return. It was clear then that Jesus had first to go to his father through death and resurrection and ascension to receive the kingdom in heaven and then return at a later date to establish it in Jerusalem. But you see, the fact that the kingdom of God was thought to be near because Jesus was near Jerusalem simply tells us that in that environment, in the circle of Jesus' disciples, it was quite clear that the kingdom of God did indeed have to be established in Jerusalem. The issue here was only a question of timing. Was the kingdom of God going to come when Jesus was there at his first coming? Or did it have to wait until the return of Jesus from heaven? And clearly the latter is the right solution to the problem. Jesus was the nobleman who had to disappear for a while, namely to his Father in heaven, and then to return at a later date to establish the kingdom. Now, as the story proceeds, we find that the citizens of this king hated him. That, of course, is an allusion to the Jewish rejection of Jesus as the Messiah. But in verse 15 we read this. It came about that when he returned, that's to say, Jesus, in the parable, when he returned, after receiving the kingdom, he ordered that those slaves to whom he'd given the money be called to him in order that he might know what business they had accomplished. Jesus' point here was, of course, that those who believe in him, those who follow him as Christians, have an obligation to develop their talents in the service of the messianic kingdom. Now, this is what happened to those servants or slaves when the Lord returned from heaven, having received the kingdom. The first person appeared before the master and said, Your mina, that's to say the talent that you gave me, worth in fact about a hundred days' wages, has gained ten minas more. And Jesus then says to him in the parable, Well done, good servant. Because you have been faithful in a very little thing, Now, take up your position as an authority over ten cities. Now, that tells us, then, what the reward of the Christian is to be in the future. They are to assume varying degrees of responsibility over ten or five cities, as in this parable. You remember that the man who made only five minas, in addition to the one given him, was given an appropriate reward of authority over five cities. But that's the most extraordinary way of describing a vague, nebulous reward in heaven at death. You see, Jesus, as Messiah, believed in the coming kingdom of God on the earth, and so it's entirely natural for him to describe the reward of the faithful as the assumption of responsibility and rulership over five or ten cities and those will indeed be the cities in the new kingdom to be established at the second coming of Jesus. All that makes perfect sense, provided we remember that Jesus was a Jew and was talking to Jewish audiences in a Jewish environment. We'll continue with this discussion of the famous parable in Luke 19. Until then, join us again as we continue to probe Jesus' favorite topic, the gospel about the kingdom of God.